In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to talk about how the media sensationalizes scientific research. I just want to thank this week's sponsor, Stitcher, creators of the free Stitcher Smart Radio. Using Stitcher Smart Radio, you can listen to this and thousands of other podcasts on your mobile phone. Just use promo code QDT when you download the app, and you can get a chance to win $1,000. For example, a few days ago, I saw a few headlines on prominent news sites that cited a paper in the New England Journal of Medicine, a very prestigious academic research journal. The headlines claimed that researchers had discovered that drinking coffee makes you live longer. This story was repeated by several major news outlets. What these media outlets failed to report was that the actual claims of the research were much more conservative. The study only included individuals who had already lived to at least 50 years of age, had no history of cancer, heart disease, or stroke, and who didn't smoke. Other important things left out of the study itself were whether or not participants had access to adequate health care, what their socioeconomic status was, what their cholesterol levels were, and their family history of heart disease and cancer all of which are very important risk factors in determining how likely you are to develop heart disease or cancer. What's interesting, though, is that both the research paper and the journal's editor pointed out these limitations and advised caution in the interpretation of the results. So how did a research article with so many caveats, limitations, and cautionary statements get reported as such sensational news? Well, the least flattering answer to this question is that sensationalism sells. Fewer people would be interested in a headline like, Drinking coffee might possibly make you live longer in some cases. If you're not already sick, go to the doctor regularly, eat right, exercise daily, and have no family history of major illness. That doesn't really roll off the tongue as well as drink coffee and live to be 100. However, a more likely possibility is the fact that research findings are often hard to interpret unless you're already familiar with the history of research and the terminology used in a particular field. This is compounded by the fact that most people don't actually read the entire research paper, focusing on just the information presented in the abstract. You see, most scientific papers are written in a similar format to the following. First, there's an introductory or background section which highlights relevant prior research in the field, as well as which of the still remaining mysteries of the field are going to be addressed by the paper. Second, there's a method section which describes in detail how the research was carried out. Third, The results section explains what the results of the research were. And fourth, the discussions and conclusion section, which discuss the results in light of what is already known on the topic and, in well-written papers, identify any potential shortcomings of the research. Finally, there's an abstract or summary section, which highlights the most important parts of each section, and that's usually presented at the top. The fact that most people only read the abstract is exacerbated by the fact that most journals only make the abstract publicly available, reserving the rest of the research for paid subscribers. Exceptions to this are open access journals where the entire contents of the research are available for anyone to view free of charge. 
So if you need to report on research but don't have access to the journal where it was published, you can often contact the authors directly for details on the research. Be careful to ask them about any possible limitations there might be on the interpretation of the results. If you do have access to the entire paper, but you feel your eyes start to glaze over when you read terms like p-value, protocol, confidence interval, try reading just the introduction section and then skip down to the discussion and conclusion sections. Often the authors will summarize the rest of the paper in the discussion section in a way that's easier to understand. If you come across something that you don't understand, don't hesitate to ask questions. Like most people, scientists are busy, but they're usually really happy to answer questions from people who are interested in their research. Finally, don't assume that just because something is printed in a scientific journal, it is absolutely true and etched in stone forevermore. Plenty of things printed in even the most reputable journals have later been shown to be either not true, not reproducible, or less conclusive than previously thought. This is especially true in epidemiological studies, research that looks at things that influence health and disease, because there are so many different variables, sometimes called confounding factors, that are difficult to account for. For example, research findings on red wine go back and forth every few years in the media as showing red wine to be either good for you or bad for you. It's even been involved in a scandal involving falsified data. Hopefully, these tips will help you to avoid being caught up in the hysteria of sensationalized science. And remember, news reporters and editors are not usually scientists. They might only read the abstract and infer from there. Just because something's reported by the media does not make it true. Shocking, I know. Just ask Nutrition Diva about her uphill battle to qualify the results of recent studies on red meat. Always go to the source if you can. That means the original scientific paper, or, if you can't find that, ask your questions of the scientists themselves. They are usually very happy to talk to people. Once again, I'd like to thank Stitcher for sponsoring this week's podcast. They have a great app called Stitcher Smart Radio that you can use to listen to this and thousands of other podcasts. It's available for almost every smartphone, from iPhones to Android to BlackBerry. Just go to their website, stitcher.com QDT, and when you get there, click on the promo code box and enter QDT for a chance to win $1,000. If you liked today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see answered on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm Lee Phelan, your host for Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.